but our family are into the presence of God to the church to the level that we could. When I came in a baby, I love the Lord. Turn pink, faithful, because they are getting what they need, and I'm very, very thankful. Yes, Lord. For the work here, for our pastor and his family and their faithfulness. And I'm going to plug tithe. <laughs> we came to church here. We sat back there, minding our own business, been through some stuff. I had surgery a few weeks earlier, and um, we had heard about this church. We were driving to Anchorage one way, an hour. It was kind of tiring. Barry said, let's go visit that other church. I came with zero expectation. I was coming to church because I'm faithful to the house of the Lord. And we sat over there. Daniel called us out, and Hope goes, y'all always got a light above your head. And he prophesied <laughs> over us and um, came back, and we got in the driveway of the church and Hope and both said, can we come back tonight? Can we come back tonight? We're like, okay, we'll come back tonight. Came back. Five days later, uh, Barry called me out of the blue. He said, um, babe, where are you at? I said, well, I'm in the house. You're talking to me on the house. He said, no, where are you? And I said, I'm in the kitchen. He said, I lost my job. And uh, it was scary for us. And so we came home, and we said, well, then let's give more. And um, then we started giving daily seed as soon as we knew what it was. And we were already tithers, but we said, that's it. God is either true or not true. And and I I won't share figures I have with our pastor and his family, but we lost a significant income, uh, about 50%. And um, we haven't missed a bill. We haven't even been late except one time. And we called and uh, said, it's going to be late. And they said, well, no problem. You, you know, your credit's good. And uh, we have less debt now than we had them. Yes. And uh, I can't show you on paper. Um, my ki- and, you know, tithe blessing comes in a lot more ways than money. All my babies are filled with the Holy Ghost. I got some that speak English, Espanol, and Holy Ghost, as they say at home. And um, my kids are blessed. They're following hard after God. That's worth way more to me than any paycheck. And uh, I just thank the Lord that in my fear... He just helped me to overcome, and it was a lot of what I was getting in this house right when we needed it. And I'm forever grateful, forever, forever grateful. So, Amen. Anyway. Amen. She can preach, too. Amen. Uh, I could just echo that by saying amen. Uh, I second all that Jan said. God has been so faithful to us. Uh, there's, been, there's been times in our life where... We've tried to do things in our own strength, and we all know if you've been there, if you've been down that road, you know what, where that gets you. Um, but uh, since we've been privileged to be a part of this house, uh, we have seen God do things that only He could do, and we have seen, um, I mean, I've been in the ministry for years, uh, but I've seen God do things more in the last six and a half months in my life and pull things out of me that uh, were in there uh, but were hidden. And I'm just very thankful and very grateful. Um, I do have a message tonight um, that I want to preach. I want to try to preach it, uh, not speedily, but I want to try to to deliver it in the way that the Lord wants it delivered. But before we do that, um, when you stand when you stand up here, you see things. And uh, God wants to minister to all of us. Uh, he wants to bless all of us. Uh, but specifically, God. God wants to minister to somebody, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna step out, just a little bit. Uh, Michael, did you come here? Um, just hold your hand a second. This is what the the Lord showed me for you, Michael. You're a lot like David. You got a heart after God. You want to be a worshipper. There's worship inside you. 
And just like David, when, when he went out to the battle, was ridiculed by even some of his family members. Maybe there's times that some of your family doesn't even understand all that God is trying and doing and saying in you. But the Lord sees it. The Lord wants to, you to be encouraged tonight that just like David, when he went out to face Goliath, and he reached in that bag, and he pulled out the right stone for the right moment, God is storing things up inside you. And there are giants that only you can bring down for the glory of God. And he's put the rocks, the stones, in you. And you'll know which, which one to pull out at the right time. And when you pull it out and you send it forth, it's going to accomplish exactly what God wants, slaying and pulling down that giant. So just be blessed by the Lord. All right. Amen. 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 Why don't, why don't we all do this just for a moment, and then, and then I promise I'll preach. Everybody here, just close your eyes. And without any spoken words, let's just wait on the Lord for just a moment. And just allow Him, the power of the Holy Spirit, to speak and minister to your heart right now. Father, we just surrender this service to you right now. We just surrender ourselves to you. We just ask that you would just minister to us, flow through us, flow over us right now. Speak things to our heart, Lord God. Plant your word deep in our heart. We'll be sure to give you the praise and the glory, and we'll be sure to testify of your goodness to those around us. In your precious name, amen. Now, some of you might be saying, well, that's a little different especially in this church, because we're very seldom ever quiet. But you know, sometimes, sometimes it's good to quiet ourselves before the Lord. It's good sometimes to allow, and this is free, this is not in my notes, this is good sometimes, that would have been good, this is good sometimes to, to quiet ourselves before the Lord and just listen. I was driving into Anchorage this morning, and I'm probably five minutes away from the house, and the Holy Spirit just <laughs> settled right in the car. Turned the music off and just had a good time with the Lord when I, when I realized that I was already past Eagle River uh, and I was still just having a good time with the Lord. We need to be that receptive to what the Lord wants to say to us. We need to be that receptive to the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through us. The title of my message tonight is Shake It Off. Now that's a, that's, that's a statement that my children will understand very readily uh, because uh, that's what I tell them. They fall off their bike or they trip coming down the stairs or trip going up the stairs, um, whatever, you know, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to give too much attention to the just crying for attention, but I don't want to be a cruel dad either, but I always make sure everybody's okay, and then it's shake it off. So like for John, if it's his elbow, I'm like, shake it off, so he's doing this, or, you know, if it's your foot, shake it off, you know, shake it off, come on buddy, shake it off. So my, my children understand the connotation of that, and go ahead and take your Bible and turn to Acts chapter 28. There's a passage in the Holy Word of God that talks about shaking it off. But speaking of children, 
Um, as most of you know, I have six children, and as, as the father of six children, I've read a lot of children's books. One of my most favorites um, that I haven't actually read in a while uh, is a book entitled Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. If you've never read it, I encourage you to read it. I'm going to give you the quote of the opening part of that. It says, I went to sleep with gum in my mouth, and now there's gum in my hair. And when I got out of bed this morning, I tripped on the skateboard, and by mistake, I dropped my sweater in the sink while the water was running. And I could tell it was going to be a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. And the rest of the book details all that Alexander goes through, and I won't take the time to to relay all that to you. But he gets so frustrated with how his day is going that he tells his mom, I'm going to move to Australia because nobody in Australia has bad days. And at the very end of the book, when all is said and done, his mom assures him, you know, Alexander, even people in Australia have terrible, no good, very bad, horrible days. There are days like that sometimes, aren't there? Now, I know the Word declares, His mercies are new every morning, great is His faithfulness. I know it's true that the Word says, The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? God's Holy Word says that if God is for us, who can be against us? All of those statements are true. But have you ever thought about this? The men that God used and anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit to to pen those great words that are recorded in Scripture, when they said those things, when God revealed those truths to them, they were either facing in the middle or had just come out of a horrible, terrible, no good, very bad day. And that's why they were able to say, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? That's why David was able to say, Soul, why are you so downcast? Hope in the Lord. When he was in the middle of a battle, when he was in the middle of terrible days and terrible times, he was able to understand and know these truths. See, that's the key when you're facing the, the things like the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. We have a choice to make. We can give in to our flesh and pout and complain. I can't believe God let this happen to me. I can't believe so-and-so did this to me. I can't believe... Or we can determine in our hearts that we're going to rise up and we're going to live by what this says. And we're going to stand on the truth of God's Word. We're going to declare it over our lives. We're going to declare it over our home. Dads, let me tell you something. When things aren't going good, you know the old saying, when Mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. The next time, well, and it is a fact, but the next time Mama ain't happy, instead of, instead of trying to fix it, and I'm preaching to myself, instead of trying to fix it, start declaring the truth. Start declaring the truth of God's Word over your family. Start declaring that your home is blessed because you honor and serve the Lord. Start declaring things like, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. And begin to see things turn around. Begin to see joy in your home. Begin to see joy in your life. Begin to see blessings being poured out. Ooh. I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited. All right, Acts chapter 28. We're going to read verses 1 through 5. We're going to spend quite a bit of time, uh, the remainder of the time, in 26, 27, and 28. But my main text is 28 verses 1 through 5. This is a, a, a story of something that transpired in Paul's life. Now, when they had escaped... We'll talk about what they escaped from in just a minute. They found, that they, that they, were, they found out that the island was called Malta. And the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on, a fi- on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. Verse 4, So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire 
and suffered no harm. Tonight, church, hopefully by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're going to learn a, a new way to begin to shake off what the enemy tries to throw at us. A new way to shake off things that the enemy tries to attach to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray one more time. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the opportunity to stand before your people tonight. I ask, Lord, that you would just anoint me. You have anointed me. Lord, you have called me. You have declared I am your son. You have declared in your word things that are true over me. And Lord, you have anointed me. But now tonight, I pray that your word would become alive to us, that it would impact us and it would change us for your glory so that we can advance the kingdom of God in this world. In your precious name, amen. I've been doing a study on the life of Paul. Uh, Saul was his pre-Jesus name. And in this particular account uh, that we're going to look at tonight is one of my favorites because of, of the truths that are in it. But when you study the life of Paul, you find a lot of truths. Paul was a really neat guy. But here's a couple things I just wanted to share with you that I discovered. Because in the Bible, there are two main people that are named Saul. King Saul in the Old Testament and Saul of Tarsus in the New. Did you know that both King Saul and Saul of Tarsus were descendants from the tribe of Benjamin? If you study it, you find that out. But an interesting thing that the Lord showed me in this was King Saul, in Hebrew, the words, the name Saul means asked for. So if you remember the story of when Saul was anointed as king, the nation of Israel was asking for a king. And God allowed them to, elect, to appoint Saul as their king. And Saul could have ruled. Saul could have had the ministry of David. Saul could have had uh, a great success and led the people of Israel, except Saul had a heart problem. He had a heart, a heart issue. And so Saul, a descendant of the tribe of Benjamin, was replaced by David, who is from the tribe of Judah. And when you get to the New Testament, Saul, also called asked for, was being asked by the Pharisees to go and persecute the Christians. And another descendant of the tribe of Judah stepped in on the scene. And he met Saul on that road to Damascus. And so changed Saul that Saul changed his name to Paul. And you know what Paul means in Hebrew? Small. Literally, I must decrease so he can increase. Saul no longer wanted to be known as Saul, the one that's asked for. He wanted to be Paul. Small. So that through, through his weakness, the word Paul penned, through his weakness, his strength would, be, would come forth and we would be made strong through our own weakness. So that's, just a, that's a sermon in itself. But to get where we are in our passage uh, here tonight, Paul was accused of treason and because he was a Roman citizen, he appealed to, to Caesar. And uh, so he was granted the opportunity to go to, to Rome and appear before Caesar. And it's interesting, after his conversion, Paul spent somewhere between five and a half to six years in either prison, a physical prison, or a prisoner in chains. Talk about a horrible, terrible, no good, very bad day. And that brings us, that brings us um, to our text that we just read. Paul, the great apostle, the missionary evangelist, who was responsible for penning half the uh, New Testament, was having one of those days. Chapter 26 details Paul's trial. You can look back at it and, 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 and see some things there that God did and how God used Paul before Agrippa and Felix and Festus, the governors of that time. And Paul's granted his appeal to Caesar. And in chapter 27, he sets voyage as a captive in chains, being protected and, and in captivity by the, the Roman centurions, headed for Rome. But look at verse, uh, chapter 27. Flip back over real quick. Chapter 27, verse 10. 
They're getting ready to sail, set sail. And Paul said, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also our lives. Paul stood up and said, Guys, we don't need to take this voyage. We do not need to leave port. We need to stay here until it's the right time to sail. But the centurion, verse 11 says, the centurion ignored his warnings and they set sail anyway. Look down in verse 20. Now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. This is Luke who wrote the book of Acts, recorded the events. Luke saying, Paul has said we shouldn't go. Verse 20, Luke saying, we got no hope of surviving. We're all going to die. It's going to end bad. But when you look in verse 21 through 26, Paul's on the ship singing, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Why? Because Paul stood up in the midst of that storm and said, Men and brethren, listen. An angel has stood by me. And he has said, Yes, this ship and all the cargo will suffer great loss, but not one of us will lose our lives. So it's going to be all right. So they finished going through that great tempest and storm and uh, finally became shipwrecked on some rocks. And it says the waves crashed so hard that it tore the ship in two. And Centurion, um, uh, some of the soldiers thought, well, we need to kill the prisoners lest they have a chance to escape, which would have included Paul because he was a prisoner. But the Centurion stood up and protected Saul and said, nope, anybody that can swim, head for that island. Those of you that can't swim, grab something that's floating and float. And when you get to the end of the story um, of, of the shipwreck, all of them were saved. Not one life was lost. So I'll ask you again, how's your day going? Now, for some of you, your life is, is, is right now going through turmoil. Some of you, maybe you're in the middle of a tempest, a storm, a great storm. Because although Jesus Christ promised that He would never leave us or forsake us, He never said we wouldn't go through the storm. And I heard, one, I heard one person in this uh, song say, sometimes God calms the storm, and sometimes He calms this child in the middle of the storm. So either way, He is there with us in the middle of the storm. So maybe some of us are going through the storm. But I don't know too many of us that are in chains, uh, being shipwrecked as prisoners of the gospel. But still, we may be going through a, a, what we would consider the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Paul knew that he would end up in Rome before seizure, Paul considered his imprisonment as a testimony to Christ and used every opportunity given to him through his trials to preach the gospel. Paul the prisoner knew it was a mistake to make the voyage and there was a shipwreck, just as Paul said, and they all survive. And things go from bad to worse for Paul. Because again, we read it in our text. They get on the island, now it's raining, they're cold, they're wet, they've lost everything except their lives. And the natives of that island come out and they help them. They build a fire and they're trying to take care of them. But as we read in the text, Paul, just trying to help out, really just trying to mind his own business. Because he didn't cause the storm. He didn't even want to be on the boat. He didn't even want to sail. And yet he had to go through all that, just trying to help out, just trying to put some more wood on the fire. All of a sudden, he gets snake bit. So it goes from bad to worse, seemingly, for Paul. How many of you have ever felt like that? I'm just trying to do good. And I'm getting snake bit. Lord, what's going on? Well, let's take a look at what Paul did and how he reacted and how you and I can, can react the same way. Because, you know, sometimes things try to attach to us. Think about that for just a moment. 
Sometimes things try to attach to us. And if they're not things of God, church, we need to shake them off. We need to shake them off. Now, I've got a couple of examples of some things that we should shake off. One thing that we should shake off, and let me tell you, I might get my soapbox out tonight. So hang with me. Some of the things that we might need to learn to shake off, number one is our habits. If they're not godly habits, we don't need them. Let me say that again. If they're not godly habits, we don't need them. I heard a preacher say one time, habits are hard to break. Habits are hard to get rid of. You've got to work really hard sometimes to, to get rid of habits. In fact, if you take the word habit and you were to put it up on the board and you were to look at it, this is how you preach it. If you were to look at the word habit and, and you take the H off, you still got a bit. If you take the A off, you still got bit. If you take the B off, you still got it. So sometimes we've got to work really hard to shake off those habits. Now, the interesting thing about habits is sometimes we don't like to call habits what they really are. Sin. Ooh. But sometimes really that's what our habits are, is sin. We don't like to call them that. See, we say God understands. Really? We say things like, well, that's just how I am. Yeah, but is that how you're supposed to be? It may be how you are, but that doesn't mean that's how you're supposed to stay. See, see, we talk about the fact that, that we can, God wants us just like we are. Well, He does, but He doesn't want us to stay that way. God never intended any of us to stay broken and abused and, hard, and, and, and beat down and, and defeated. He, he wants us to be victorious. But we don't have to clean ourselves up. We don't have to do a lot of things to come to Him. We can come to Him as we are. And when we come to Him as we are, He takes us as we are, and then He begins to change us. But sometimes we've got to do our part. We've got to shake it off. We've got to shake off those habits. We sing that, you know, we sing that song, and I just left my brain. Um, no more shackles, no more chains. Thank you. I don't know why it does that sometimes. It just things. But anyway, um, we sing that song and we, and we do this motion. We're symbolizing. We're shaking off those shackles. We're shaking off those chains. And sometimes what we need to shake off are habits. Yeah, but you know what? I haven't really been convicted of that yet. Let me tell you something, church. God, the Holy Spirit, is not obligated to convict you or I of something He's already declared in His Word. If He declared in His Word we shouldn't do it, He's not obligated to come back and tap us on the shoulder and say, excuse me? Now, lovingly He does, but we don't have the right to say, well, that's just how I am and I'm not really convicted about that. If the Word of God says don't do it, don't do it. Think on that for a minute. So we've got to shake off habits. We've got to shake off things. See, Paul said, and I don't remember the passage, but Paul said, all things are permissible for me, but not all things are for my benefit. That's paraphrase. Now, some of you guys may not like this, but I saw, I saw something. Facebook can be good and bad, but I'm getting a little tired of Facebook, and I don't even have one. I just read my families, and I'm getting a little tired of it sometimes. But there was a young man that I personally know that made have put a comment on Facebook. And I'm stepping on toes, but like I used to tell my youth group, because we were youth pastors for nine years, you don't have to always like me, but you do have to love me to get to heaven, because that's what First John says. Okay? But this young man, a young man, put on Facebook how grieved he was that people would be willing to go and stand in line at midnight to catch the newest movie 
that maybe some of you in this room have watched. And yet we don't get people that can show up. Now, he didn't say it because he's not part of this church, but I'll say it. We don't get people that can show up for morning prayer. You guys have to love me, but, I mean, I'm going to preach the truth, okay? We can, we can do all kinds of things. And again, I'm preaching to myself. I have to check myself. See, I, I, I don't have a problem with that. Well, maybe God does. Have you asked Him? Okay? And this young man was... Got, people, people started commenting back about how dare he say that and you know, because he's a Christian and other Christian young people were commenting back. You know, well, there's nothing wrong with it. Well, there's, yeah, but is there anything right with it? What does the word say? Love, joy, peace, kindness, faithfulness, goodness. Think on these things. Anyway, I'll move on. I can tell I'm meddling. So we got to shake off habits. Another thing we got to shake off, and I got to hurry. Mindsets, thoughts, and ideas. We are so bound sometimes as a church by false identity. Pastors preached on it. Identity theft. We got to start shaking off those mindsets that I'm not worthy. That I'm I'm just I'm I'm just some little thing. No, you're not. Michael, that word was for you. There are things that God specifically wants you to do, just like there is for you, Wyatt, and you guys over here, and everybody over here. There are specific things that God has planned. The Word of God says in Psalms that He recorded all our days before we ever lived one of them. That means God's got volumes in heaven of your life. Days you haven't even lived yet that He's got planned out. Things He wants you to do. People that are waiting on you to get saved. Orphans that are waiting on you to come rescue. Uh, widows that are waiting on depending and needing you to step up to the plate and do what, you're, what God created and destined you to do. So like I used to tell my youth group, it's like a blueprint. You want to build a, 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 a go-kart? We'll use that example without a blueprint. Good luck. It might work. But I'd be much, it'd be much smarter to get a blueprint, somebody who's already built one, somebody who has the plans and knows how, and follow that, and you've got a work and go-kart. Same thing for life. If God's planned your life, young people, listen to me. If God has planned your life, if He's got a plan for you, what you're supposed to do, where you're supposed to live, the amount of money you're supposed to make, who's supposed to be your spouse, if He's got that plan, the smartest thing you can do is hook up with Him and start following His plan. Because if He is who He, the Word of God declares He is, and who we believe He is, if He is that, the God of heaven, the Creator of all the universe, the, thing, the God that holds this thing together, that gives us the very breath that we breathe, if He is that, and He is, then what He has planned is greater than you can imagine to begin with. And now for all you adults that think maybe I didn't follow that blueprint, it's okay, that's all right. That's all right. God takes us again where we, are, where we are and He gets us back on the path and gets us back online. So we've got to learn to shake off those mindsets that will rob us of our destiny. And the last thing that I want to point out, it's not the last of my message, but the last thing I want to point out about things we need to shake off is carnality and complacency. Complacency is my biggie. I like being nice. I like being the nice guy. I don't like conflict. But you know what? I love my children. And if my children don't like my decision sometimes, but I'm doing it for their benefit, if they don't like the, the way I may be talking to them because I might be hurting their feelings, but I can see down the road how if they don't get this now, what it's going to cost them later, 
I gotta love them enough to get into conflict with them if I need to sometimes. Now I got great kids. Some of them are in here. I got great kids. The Lord has blessed Jan and I abundantly in what He is doing in the lives of our children. But see, we gotta learn as the children of God, we gotta shake off complacency and we gotta shake off carnality. Because you know, a lot of times we get carnal because we are complacent. I'll say that again. We get carnal as Christians because we get complacent. That's not in Scripture, but it's a good thing. It's a good saying. It says, for evil to triumph, good men do nothing. What's that mean? Good men just being complacent. It's not my deal, not my issue, not really anything I need to get involved in. And, when, and all of a sudden, then we turn around and look and go, how did this happen? It's because nobody was willing to take a stand for what's right. And I'm saying tonight, church... When the enemy tries to attach things to us that would cause us to get complacent, which will eventually cause us to become carnal Christians, we need to shake it off. Psalm 101 says, I will set, one of the verses in there says, I will set no vile thing before my eyes. We get complacent. I'll watch that. And it's really not that great, but I'll watch that. And it's a vile thing before my eyes. Well, I'm talking about that tonight a lot, aren't I? Anyway, maybe it needs to be there. Um, and all of a sudden, then we become carnal because we were complacent in what's right and standing up for what's right. So we need to learn to shake that off. Are you getting something out of this tonight? Yeah. All right. It's time we shake off the beast, the things of this world, the influence that the enemy is trying to even bring into our lives. So how do we shake off the beast? Well, Paul gives us a pretty good example here. I love how Paul didn't react. Because remember, Paul didn't ask to be there. All Paul wanted to do was go to Rome because he knew God wanted him to go to Rome because he could get to preach the gospel before Caesar. But when, this, when it was time to take this, this boat ride, Paul said, mistake, warning flags, we don't need to go, this is not going to end good. And they went anyway, and he had to go. So then he goes through all that, and then he's just, like I said, trying to help out around the campfire, and he gets bit. And I love how Paul didn't react. He didn't react with, God, what's going on? Or he didn't react all freaked out about how bad it was. I'm soaked to the bone. I had to just swim from the shipwreck to this island, and I'm tired, and everybody's complaining, and people are trying to help us, and all I'm trying to do is help, and I'm just, I'm just trying to help Pastor out. I'm just trying to do what's right. I'm just trying to, to be there to volunteer, and nobody else showed up, and, and now people are accusing me of trying to do this and trying to do that. Paul didn't react any way like that at all. You know, Paul's a cool cat. It's kind of like, oh, and he shook it off into the fire. Kind of like, kind of like, <laughs> yeah, right, nice try, and he shook it into the fire. I love how Paul didn't react. When we go to shake things off sometimes because, because we can even have the tendency to get into the pity party. God, I don't want this thing on me. Well, God knows that. God, why is this on me? Well... Maybe it's because it's the fault of other people that we have to live with and deal with. Maybe it's our own fault. That's a whole other message. But Paul didn't react that way. He didn't, he didn't get all freaked out about it. When something attaches to us, if we've got a hold of what the Word of God says about us, deep down in our spirit, we'll react like Paul did. We'll just simply shake it off. Things like, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Philippians 4.13, a very familiar passage. But we say this sometimes, but do we really believe it? I can do all things. Well, again, if we haven't shaken off 
And I'm going to hurry. If we haven't shaken off complacency, maybe we're not really thinking about doing great things for God. We're just going to take whatever comes our way. Mm -mm. No more. I have determined I will not take whatever comes my way anymore. I will follow hard after God. I will shake off being complacent because I don't like conflict. You know what? That's a me problem that I can allow God to help me get through and overcome. And not just get through, but overcome. If I'm willing to shake off the temptation to, to become complacent when it tries to raise up and attach itself to me. But we can get those truths deep down inside us. When something tries to attach itself to us, we need to shake it off. Think of it this way. We need to be like Teflon. You know, nothing sticks to Teflon. Which brings up the question, if nothing sticks to Teflon, how does it stick to what it's on? But anyway, nothing sticks to Teflon. You'll get that later. Nothing sticks to Teflon. So when the enemy, the Word of God says, if we raise up the shield of faith, we can quench the fiery darts that the enemy is launching against us. When we allow our faith to be strengthened because of the Word of God, because we get the Word of God deep inside us, because we spend time with God... You can't have a relationship with your son, your daughter, your husband, your wife, your, your, your neighbor, your co-worker, if you never talked to him, if you never spent time. And yet that's what our society is becoming, sad to say. Even in homes, that's what it's becoming. Nobody talks. Everybody does their own thing. I love what Brother Ivan said. Everybody has their own remote because everybody's got their own TV, so there's no trying to compromise on what show to watch because nobody wants to, to deal with other people. Well, sometimes that bleeds over into our relationship with God. And then we wonder how come things are attached to us. We wonder how come those fiery darts are getting in, hitting us too much. Because we're not raising up our shield of faith. Because our faith comes by hearing the Word of God and getting it deep inside us. It's also interesting in our text how other people reacted. Look at verse 4 and verse 6 of 28 quickly. Right after the snake attached to, to the viper attached itself to Paul's hand, he, 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 it says in verse 4, So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer whom, even though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. See, the enemy's smart. He knows that if he tries to get something to attach itself to us, and, and it wasn't that Paul didn't get bit. He did get bit. It attached to, to him. But he responded the right way. But before he had a chance to respond the right way, all the rumors started. All the rumors started. You're doing something good for God. You're moving forward. And something raises up and tries to attach to you and other people notice. They're not going to come tell you about it. They're going to tell your cousin. Something must be going on with, with, with brother so-and-so because, you know, even though he's trying to do th good things for God, look what's happening to him. The rumor stuff starts. But if you look in, in verse 6, it says that when he didn't swell up and fall down dead from the snake, that then they said, oh, well, he must be a god. It's interesting when things try to attach themselves to us and we have the capability and the ability and the strength of the power of the Holy Spirit to shake it off. We've got to watch what the reaction is of other people and not let that bother us either. See, Paul wasn't a snake handler. Think about that for a minute. One of the reasons why sometimes we don't readily shake things off is because we're used to it. People that are snake handlers, they're used to them. 
They don't have a problem reaching down into the bag. And, and you've seen, maybe you've seen them, maybe you haven't. I have. You know, they pull out this bag and there's this thing inside it and it's 18 feet long and big and can swallow you and they have no problem reaching down. It's because they're comfortable with it. They're used to it. Paul was not. Paul wanted nothing to do with sin. Paul wanted nothing to do with the enemy. Paul wanted nothing to do with anything that was contrary to Jesus Christ. And that's why he was so readily able to shake it off. You and I have got to become that way too. Don't become a snake handler. Genesis chapter 4, Genesis chapter 4, 7, and I'm almost done. Genesis chapter 4, 7 talks about when um, Cain killed Abel. And the Lord said to him, just do what's good. Sin, one, one, one translation says, sin is crouching by the door. In my brain, that automatically I go to, there's this little pet thing crouching by the door, waiting to pounce on you as soon as you open the door. That's how the enemy operates. We're doing good. We're pressing forward. We're trying to do good. And all of a sudden, we open a door to step into the new thing that God has for us. And wham, something raises up and tries to attach itself to us. Well, if we're comfortable with it, it'll become our pet. And all it'll do is lead to destruction. But if we're not comfortable with it, we can shake it off and we can move forward. Because here is the key. What happens if we don't learn to shake things off? We become weighted down. Paul said we need, to, we need to set aside those sins, those weights that so easily beset us. Why? Because we've got a race to run. We've got things to do. We want to see this place filled to capacity because we're going to be doubled by the end of the year. We need to lay some things down. We need to shake some things off. We need to set aside some things that are weighing us down. If we could see in the Spirit sometimes what we look like, good or bad, because if we could see what we look like in the Spirit for good, our faith would be increased. Our backbone would straighten up and become like steel. And we'd be able to look in the devil and say, No, I, I've seen what God sees in me. I know what God has declared over me. And what you're saying is a lie. The devil is the father of lies. That means nothing that comes out of his mouth is truth. Nothing that comes out of his mouth. He is incapable of speaking the truth. Because even if he declares something in a way that sounds good, it's twisted. He's never created anything, but he sure knows how to take what is created and twist it to lead people astray. Anyway, here's the key. We've got to shake things off so we don't become weighted down. If we don't learn to shake things off, they build up and become strongholds. pastor's been preaching on that in a great series, and you need to either get the messages or make sure you're here on Sunday nights to hear it. But they'll eventually become strongholds. You know, a weed is easy to take down. You know, it doesn't take much to take down a weed that crops up. But something grows up years and years and years of growth. Man, it takes a lot of effort to hack that sucker down. I've been there personally. I got a glimpse of the stronghold that was in my life. And I could blame all the people I want to. Uh, everything happened in my home life. But it was still my choice. But when I saw what that stronghold was, one, it was ugly. Two, scared me to death at first. But then the Holy Spirit said, no, 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 I'm not showing you this to scare you. I'm showing you this so you can see what we have to conquer. And it was painful to allow the Holy Spirit to rip that thing out of me piece by piece and root by root. 
but I'm so thankful He did because I had my Damascus Road moment with the Lord. I went down under the power of the Holy Spirit a certain type of man and I came up a completely different man and I have never been that man that I was since that day and I never will be. Because I was able to get a glimpse in the Spirit of what the stronghold in my life was doing to me and what I looked like and it wasn't pretty. And if we don't learn to shake things off, and this is how I'm closing, we'll miss our destiny. We'll miss our Kairos moment. Look at, look at the, the next three verses, 7, 8, and 9 in chapter 28. 7, 8, and 9. In that region there was an estate of the leading citizen of the island whose name was Publius, who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. Verse 8. And it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and dysentery. Paul went into him and prayed, and he laid his hands on him and healed him. Verse 9. So when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. Do you know why this was such a Kairos moment for Paul? Because back in chapter 27, when Paul is telling everybody on board, we're going to be all right. The angel of the Lord has stood by me and said, none of us are going to lose our lives. Paul said, but he said, we will visit a certain island. God knew that if Paul, faced with the circumstances that he was, would shake off the junk that was trying to attach to him, even though it wasn't his fault, even though he was there because other people had forced him to be there, he, he didn't get, have a pity party about it, he shook it off, and because of that, the people of that region saw what God did in him, so much so that a leading political figure called him to his house, and Paul then took the next step, that Kairos moment for that man and that whole island, because Paul laid hands on him, he was healed, they brought everybody. When the Bible says all, A-L-L, it means all. That means the entire island, anybody on that, in that region that had any kind of sickness and disease, Paul prayed for them, they were all healed. Why? Because Paul was willing to shake off the junk that the enemy was trying to attach to him and fulfill his destiny. That's the message tonight, church. We want to see this place double. We want to see this place become too small. We want to see this place go to multiple services. Praise God. Shake it off. Shake it off. Don't camp there. Don't live there. Paul didn't, Paul didn't sit down by the campfire and go, woe is me, I can't do anything right. He said no. In fact, I think this is me, because you can see this attitude rising up in Paul. I think Paul looked at that thing and went, you've got to be kidding me, devil. Do you know who I am? I am on my way to Rome to preach the gospel to Caesar, the most influential leader of that day. You think I'm going to let some little harmless little snake stop me? you got another thing coming. There, back where you belong. Let that rise up in you. Let that rise up in you. Don't worry whether your family talks about you because you're doing good, but stuff's not clicking like you think it should. In God's time, in God's plan, in God's season, He will bring it to pass if you and I will not faint or fall back. That's the Word of the Lord. Pastor? Stand up on your feet, Micah. Come up here. You're here tonight. You're here tonight. You're facing all kinds of obstacles. You feel like you've been bitten. You've got some stuff you need to be shaking off. If that's you, you want prayer, God, to help you just to shake some stuff off, come to the front right now. Just come. We are in a spiritual battle.
you look at the history of the island of Malta, God then apparently caused a great church to come about from that very overcoming of the shaking off of the snake. And it was used as a bastion of Christianity in the century that then follow. And if Paul wasn't able to shake it off, I'm going to tell you, we don't know. If we don't, if we shake stuff off, what will happen? I'm, I'm, lives are in the balance. Come on. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice and ask God to come upon you right now. Jen, come pray with your, with your husband. We're just going to come and agree. Haggerty's going to come lay hands on you when you get... Hands laid upon you. Believe that that snake could just come off. That God will Amen. help you. Give you the grace. Amen. He's just going to come and touch and agree. Touch and agree. Jesus, right now. Every fiery dart of the wicked one now, we pray, is extinguished. Offense. Command you to leave your people. Touch your people now. More than conquerors, overcomers. In the name of Jesus. Words that were spoken. Accusation. The accuser of the brethren. Family situations, work situations. Situations in ministry, the church. Shake it off! Shake it off! Shake it off tonight! In Jesus' name! Shake it off into the fire! I love how the snake fell in the fire. There's a fire that comes from heaven that'll burn up every bit of adversity. There's a fire that God wants to release. The Spirit of God, even tonight. The fire of the Holy Spirit. Burn off that snake. Burn off all the dross. Burn it all away. Fire. 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 Fall tonight. Fire. Upon us, Lord, in the 
those that are online. Come upon us, Lord. Change our lives. Open our eyes. May we have in mind the things of eternity and shake off the temporal things. To shake off the snake. To shake off the viper. To shake off the beast. When we're filled with your spirit, overwhelmed by the fire of the Holy Ghost, it's easier to do. You need the fire of the Spirit. Quench not the Spirit's fire. You need the Spirit of God. Tonight.
We're almost finished. Sing it with us. Burn within me, burn within me. Burn within me, burn within me. Burn, oh, burn, burn, burn. Burn within me, burn within me. Burn within me, burn within me. Burn. We're going to close here in just a moment. There's a prayer request I want to pray and agree with. Many of you know our dear sister Jo Jean, her daughter's name is Robin, and uh, she's been with a child. She was brought off to Providence Hospital yesterday, blood pressure issues and uh, kidney problems. At 6 o'clock, they uh, did an emergency C-section, and baby Hope was born 1 pound 11 ounces. Baby's doing good. Somebody say praise God. We got some tremendous, Providence is a tremendous hospital. But Robin needs prayer. Kidneys aren't functioning, uh, from what I understand. So we're going to pray for her right now. All right? So let's agree. Let's pray for baby Hope. Let's pray for, let's pray for Robin right now and for the family. Father, we agree. Kidneys work. We speak to those kidneys and we command them to line up with the Word of God. Even by the mercy of God, Lord, cause her kidneys to function now. Touch baby Hope. Touch her, strengthen her at one pound, 11 ounces. Let her gain weight. Let her, let her mature, Lord, nothing wrong. Thank you for providence and modern medicine and the miracles there. Lord, so touch Robin and heal her completely in the name of Jesus. Amen. I have a, I've got a word, George, for your mom, and I've forgotten her name, but she has one more service. Is that right? Is this your last service? All right, then I'm gonna I'm keep I'm gonna keep pondering it. You know what that means? That means I've, I have a I have I have a picture from the Lord. Uh, I might end up giving it to you right now. <laughs> and so I I feel like I need to wait. Uh, and it's it's, it's a, I think it's a timely word, and I feel I'm just gonna wait and continue to meditate on. It. So I'll give it to you someday. But I'll, but make sure you wave me down. If it's your last service, go. This is it, Pastor. All right. We sure love you all, Austin Millers. Take someone by the hand. Yes, Lord. We love yes, all of Lord. you too, by the way. Everyone in. Yes, Lord. I want to share one more thing of encouragement. And I, I was sharing it with our sisters here, but I feel like it applies to everybody. Sometimes shaking things off isn't easy. But God didn't call us to easy. He called us to follow Him and do our part. If we'll begin to, whatever God shows us we need to shake off, if we'll begin to just make the effort, well, God, that's all I can do. If you'll do that with a pure heart before God, the power of the Holy Spirit will rush in. And before you know it, you'll be able to shake it all off. Before you know it, all that stuff will be gone. And you'll begin to see the destiny unfold. I love you. Thank you. One more thing. Every head bowed, every eye closed. And if you're online, if you're here in the sound of my voice, and you've never given your heart to Jesus, you've never given your heart to Christ, you've never repented of your sin and asked Jesus to come in to be your Lord and to be your Savior, if that's you, you want to give your heart to the Lord for the first time, or perhaps you want to make a recommitment, you've not been living right with Him, all across this place, those online, if that's you, 
You want to give your heart to Jesus. want your sins forgiven. want heaven to be your home. If that's you, you're serious about it, lift your hand right now. Do it now. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. Awesome. Amen. Let's all pray this right out loud. Would you stand up with us? Everybody all across this place, stand up. You can let go of that person's hand. And just pray right out loud. Say, Dear Jesus, Thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all my sin. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Set me on fire. And help me to shake off everything that's not of you. Use my life for the purpose for which I was created. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, come, touch, fill, break every bondage, every chain, unforgiveness, go. May people make a choice to forgive, wash generational iniquity away, generational sin, habitual sin, every fiery dart of the enemy we extinguish In the name of Jesus. Amen. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. God bless you. A couple other house, house, little house, uh, little house rules. No morning prayer for the remainder of this week because we're going to be having it down at the river. No Friday night watch night here. It'll be in your home or if you're with us, it'll be in the river with some nets as we pray in the Holy Ghost. All right? So if you come, it's not going to be open, okay? So God bless you. We'll hope to see you Sunday morning, 10 o'clock. Bring a friend. Amen. Praise God.